Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Today, I have with me a passionate, fun-loving lady who does her utmost to help parents and boys of my local football club perform at their very best by offering them home-cooked, natural, nutritious and nourishing food in the club's canteen. Little do her customers know she is a a single mum of a wonderful 12-year-old boy working as a librarian at the local primary school in the week and running the football cafe business at the weekends. In her younger years, she was in the Army Reserve, driving trucks and learning to shoot things, and is currently studying a Bachelor of Science in Nutritional Medicine, and is passionate about offering our kids nutritious and healthy options and steering them away from the fried chips and processed foods and offering healthier, homemade, yet but still fun and delicious choices. She has been doing the single mum thing for close to seven years now. It's a real pleasure to see her friendly and positive self every Saturday. Welcome, Deirdre Lewis, to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Crikey, do you know what? There's so much you've packed into your life, and especially like in all of that intro, like where do we start? So, well, just listening to it, I'm exhausted just. Yeah, when I hear it back, I think, geez. Yeah, well, you know, you're doing a lot. <laughs> so this is your seventh anniversary as such of being a single mum. So tell us about your journey then. What? How did you get here? Well, I didn't, I didn't plan on being a single mum. In fact, I didn't actually, I got to the point where I thought, no, I'm not going to be a mum over it. Um, I left home, okay, way back when, I left home at 17 Got married at 18 because it seemed like a, a good idea. He was a nice bloke. Yeah. Married for 10 years, divorced, no kids. Um, but then I ended up like for 10 years sort of like dating and that was hilarious because um, I hadn't, I'd gone straight from school and home to married. And yeah. So I hadn't dated. So spent 10 years dating. At the end of that 10 years, it was like, nah, done with this. This is ridiculous. Um, I'm just going to dye my hair purple, buy a cat. Start crocheting knee rugs and drink too much gin. That's it. I'm over. And then went on a blind date and met my son's father. And we sort of seemed on the same page, you know. Again, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, um, always does. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I mean, we were, given our age, like I was 40, and I thought, okay, so we, we decided, oh, we'll fast track this, you know. We think we both want a family and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we've moved in pregnant, had my son. Um, but yeah, you know, things don't always work out. No, no. Um, yeah, no. Um, so it, it was okay, you know, but it just wasn't what either of us expected, I don't think. And there were discretions or indiscretions, right? Indiscretions um, and bad choices. Um, not mine, not mine. Um, and then our son was like three and I thought, I don't want to, here's where the guilt comes in. You think you don't want to 
screw this kid's life up and rip his family apart. Yeah. Um, so I thought, okay, well, we'll just forgive and move on. And, um, yeah, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I went through exactly the same thing when my son was a year. It's like, you know, you just want them. Everyone says, oh, being a single parent, you're going to destroy your kid's life, yeah. you know, and, you know, single children of single parents, you know, there's more challenges uh, when they grow up to be adults and all of this stuff, addiction and et cetera, et cetera, which isn't necessarily true, but... Yeah, it feels like you're ripping their life apart and, yeah. Oh, it does. And it's just – and I didn't want to do that, so I thought I would give – so gave it another three years, but in that three years um, nothing had really changed. Yeah. It was a slight repetition. Um, so that was it. Like, you know, burn me once, I'll forgive you, but burn me twice, game over, sunshine. Um, yeah. So I had to do it. And I also – the relationship wasn't good between us and I thought I'd rather my son – see no relationship rather than an example of what you know was just uh, not not it wasn't violent or anything traumatic like that but it was just pretty average and I thought I don't want him growing up thinking that's what you aspire to in a relationship with a person I wanted yeah. him to see love I wanted him to see togetherness and there wasn't any of that so I thought I'd rather him see nothing than a bad example um, yeah so we called it quits and then um and then you have to go through the whole palaver of had the house have to sell the house and I'd been a stay-at-home mum um oh crikey my son's on the spectrum high functioning yeah but it meant that he he wouldn't be able to cope I knew I had to stay home for him I knew I had to stay home do some therapy yeah. that sort of thing. and I thought he's not going to be able to manage me going off to full-time work and him in care and that sort of thing so comes to the house sale and I just said look 50 50 you know I'm not going to go yeah. or screw you over thing 50 50 um, my partner decided that that was a bit excessive and took me to court. Um, so two years I got dragged mm-hmm. to court because he thought he wanted to whittle it down to, no, 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 you should just go get a job like everyone else. And I said, I don't want the money to buy shoes and handbags, sunshine. It's to look after our child. Yeah. You know, the best way for him. Anyway, yeah. two years down the track, couldn't continue with it. I was, And it wasn't even a lot of money. I mean, it it was a ridiculously small amount of money, you know, you, you know, the deal, you owe more on the house than it's worth sort of things. So oh, God, yeah, 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 no, exactly. Even the judge at one point looked at the figures and she looks over a glass and she says, it's not a lot of money, is it? It's like, yeah, hello. Um, but it was, I knew I'd need that to stay at home. I'd need that to pay the rent basically because, you, yeah, you know, you go on a benefit but that pays, what, for a bit of food and some bills. Um, oh yeah no benefit doesn't really pay for bugger all really and although you get benefits if you're if you've got a child who is um neurodiverse or whatever um however you want to call it um yeah that doesn't yeah no so um yeah so it got to the point where sold the house two years in court um but the selling of the house too it was like the the funds get held until you can reach settlement. So my lawyers were able to get me a little bit, but not in time for, oh, I got to that point where it's like, okay, we've sold the house. The buyers are going to move in on this date. I need to, my son and I need to move out because we, we were still in the house. And like, I've got no means of income. I've got no money. I need to move out in two weeks. I don't even have money for bond or anything. In the end, I ended up borrowing some money from a good friend. But, geez, you know, you just think, I've got rid of you. You know, so that was all a bit yeah. dreadful. Um, 
I think everyone. That's sort of common for most people. Oh, look, it is, look, it is. In some situations, there's family and stuff like that. Did you not have any family you could um, go to? Not, I mean, I had people say, oh, you could come live with us sort of thing, but it's at friends and that sort of thing. But not, yeah. not a lot of close family. They're a bit in different states and everything. Yeah. So it was pretty much on our own. Um, and 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 it is a problem when you've got a child. You don't want to then move in with somebody, and then because then they're dealing with. It's not like you as being on your own, being an individual that moves into a mate's house, and it's just you and them. Like it's you, them, and your child, and your child has different needs um, from just you know being an adult and moving in. And it's also you still want to try and retain that sense of family and normality, and you don't want to go couch surfing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in the end, we did find somewhere. Um, a friend, a very good friend, lent me a, a lot of money. I was able to pay the bond um, and some rent. Um, there wasn't much on the rental market at the time. So, I remember the house I ended up getting was this dodgy little house that was completely overpriced. Yeah. Um, and moved in, and then two weeks later, found out it had fleas, which, oh, that wasn't good. And I was sleeping on the floor because my bed didn't fit. <laughs> so, I, I just had a mattress oh until the God. small small bed fitted. Uh, it got delivered. Um, yeah, so anyhow, you just get on with it, don't you? you know? Well, you, do you know what? You do do that, but oh, my God. Yeah, no, fleas is not a... Fleas is not pleasant in any way. Um, if anyone's got a cat or a dog or whatever and they've ever had fleas, it's just, yeah. Got rid of them, got rid of them, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and just it's just from there I've just learned how to be a single mum. So okay, so like, um, did you go? Did you get a job then? Did you get a job straight away, or did you did you struggle through? No, that actually, um, it's really hard. Like you're a stay at home mum now. In my past, I've had quite high level jobs. You know, um, high level ad, executive assistant yep. to like directors, um, chairman, CEOs, did project management. So right up there with like using the old brain activity. You're a stay at home mum. Good Lord, um, it reduces itself down to I can make a really good Vegemite sandwich, you know. It's like not stretching the brain that much. Yeah. So you do lose your confidence. Um, you forget what you can do. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I did was obviously you go on the benefit and I thought, no, I do need to stay home. I can't go out to work. I'm, I'm sticking by that. I ended up pulling out of the um, the settlement the court, like case. court case and accepting quite a low figure, but I thought that's that's enough to pay my rent for probably about three years, and I, I just accepted that. I thought, well, yeah, yes. and then you get yeah. out, and then you can get and then on I'll with just that. get a job and do that. But I know I need about three years at home with my son, sorting him out, being there for him, and I'll just use the money I got from the settlement to pay rent. So that was a, a given. I just accepted that. Um, yeah. So on the benefit and to, to you know daily living. Um, and using the, um, the the savings just to pay the rent. Um, yeah. But I remember having to go to Centrelink and look, I've just had to go through these court cases and I'm separated and it's awful and I've got no confidence whatsoever. And I remember they took me and sat me down and it was just open plan. There were no petitions even or anything like that. So I'm sitting in a dodgy little oh. chair and they're telling me, you have to look for five jobs a week and blah, blah, blah. And it's like I was in tears and every man's dog could hear me, but other people, it was mortifying. I thought they really need to work on that, you know, the whole. Yeah. In the end, they um, they said, okay, uh, if you're 
um, studying or, and that's actually when I thought, okay, well, I'll study. This is okay. Because if you're studying, then you don't have to look for work. I, I actually said to them, I can't look for work. I don't know how. I'm so, I was in tears. I was having a panic attack, you know. I thought, this is really hard. Um, so I thought, no, 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 I need to stay. And I told them, I can't go to work. I'm not going to look for a job because I can't go to work. I have to be there for my son as well, you know. That's like, yeah. No. So I thought, okay, we'll work around it. There's always a solution. Um, you can do certain things to be exempt from looking from work if you still want to get the benefit. Yeah. One of them was study. So, okay. What do I want to do? What am I passionate about? Nutrition and food. Bachelor of Science started studying and I'm still studying. It's taken me forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't start off with an easy one, did you? <laughs> like a Bachelor of Science. It's like not like going and studying a language or something. You do know what I mean? It's like a Bachelor of Science. Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't have to do anything. You give it a good crack. Um, mm. So that's that's what I did and then I suppose it got to a couple about three years ago two things happened one the savings was running out <laughs> oh yeah no, I know it doesn't last very long with kids yeah only have a couple more months rent on that um and also my son had got to the point where you know at 10 years of age or nine years old he was good okay he could manage himself yeah um, I felt comfortable that I could go out and get some work and that he would be okay. In yeah, and cope. I ended up getting a job at a school by accident. I'm not a librarian, by the way. Um, that's a job, but I'm not qualified or anything as a librarian. Yeah. Um, absolutely love it. Um, the kids are a bit much. There's loads of them at a school, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I'm busy. Um, but love them. Um, yeah, and so it works out fine. It's school hours, which means I can still be there for him. It pays dreadfully because it's Department of Education. Anyhow, but uh, most yeah. those jobs do. Um, and that's why, yeah, so, so I've been there for three years doing that. Last year they cut my hours. Loads of people got their hours cut. Um, so then I just needed to make some more money and that's why I thought, okay, yeah. this came up to run the cafe canteen at the soccer club. So I thought... I'll take that on to, you know, pad out the, the cash and um, yeah. anything like seven days a week. <laughs> but I know. It like, like the food you produce there is awesome. I have to say, although I'm – gone vegan for a little while due to health reasons but your your bacon and eggs rolls are like to die for they are awesome it's like one of the things I miss so yeah no um and you, you do and it is right what you, you do do home cooked you know natural nutritious food there is no rubbish that you sell Within the canteen. I just couldn't do it. Right. It's, it's, it's something that I really believe in, like food, what yeah. you put into your body. There's such a, a link between the gut and the brain and depression and mental illnesses and all that sort of stuff. What oh, yeah. you is so important. And I just, even if you just start with no crap, you know, no artificial yeah. additives and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like no processed foods basically. So you just, yeah. Yeah, which is sort of what I'm starting to do with, with my son is say, right, okay, I'm cutting down on the packets of crisps and the rubbish and I'm cooking cookies myself and I'm because I know that what I cook, I know what's going in it. So Exactly. And it's just you can still have the treats. You can still like I love baking. Um, so there's loads of like you've seen, you know, there's loads of like yeah. cookies and cakes and stuff. But it's about balance and it's also about no artificial stuff in it. It's it's still made with 
proper real food, you know. So. No, no, that's awesome. That's cool. So, okay, so with all of this going on, right, and this, and I, look, and I know it's stressful, like when you've got money saved away and you're paying for rent and, and like – it was one of the biggest things that caused me so much anxiety over the last three years is, okay, if I'm not, if I don't have a job and I'm not earning anything, then we have no money coming in, which means that I can't afford to pay the bills, buy food, pay, you know, I will lose my house. Um, And we were in a rental when I first split with um, my son's father. So I was like, I I can't deal with that stress. And some single parents like you almost like leave a situation where they have nowhere they have nothing they don't have a rental they have nothing no money but they they just need to go because it is healthier to leave for them and their children than it is to actually stay in that toxic environment as such so how did you like how did you stay sane how did you get from being in Centrelink, going, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, to actually sort of holding it together. How, how, how have you done that? Because, like, I meet you uh, every week and you're such a positive person. It seems as though nothing's too much trouble. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a pleasure to come and say, hi, how are you doing? And, you know, um, so how <laughs> – how have you stayed sane and like seem to be so positive all the time? Oh, look, it's um, yeah, sane. I don't know. I'd go there. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not. I don't think it's a matter of staying sane because you, you just can't. You just have to. There's no choice. Okay, you just have to sort of get yeah. on with it. You know, and there's no point. Is there anything that is there anything that you tell yourself that you sort of go at, like? If if you're getting if you're going into that dark hole, is there anything that you do to try and get yourself out of it? I mean, sometimes if I wake up and I'm in a bit of a funk in the morning, I go, "Oh, sod it, let's go out for a walk." Um, you know, 10, 15 minutes walk in the sunshine, listening to loud music on my phone or whatever, just to try and get me out of a funk. I mean, I don't I don't know. How do you how do you stay so positive? I think. There are things, okay, so you, you do actually, I, I do, I'm not always positive. I'm not always positive. No, I know. We n- None of us are. But yeah, it's, I mean, I go down that black hole of, like, misery sometimes and you're just there going, oh, I just can't do this, this stuff, you know. Yeah. And then you think, no, you know, pull yourself together, Deirdre. Um, just, you know, mm-hmm. pull on those big girl undies and get on with it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just... I don't know, and there's things you can do, the same as what you just said, you know. For me, nature, okay, so yeah. music, music. I'll turn music on loud and I'll sing along. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just, I don't know, that's very good and feel it. My son sometimes says to me, Mum, stop, it's painful. And it's like, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah, I get told to stop singing in the car all the time. I don't know what the other drivers think, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, things like that. And believe it or not, baking. Baking actually calms me down. Oh, really? Um, so you could probably tell. I used to call them sanity bakes. There you go. I used to call them sanity bakes. Yeah. But it all gets a bit See, there we yeah. go. It all gets a bit much for me. There's the sanity bake. And it's only my son and I at home. So I'd end up taking the stuff into work or, or handing it out to yeah. people. But it's like you can tell how much I've baked. Is, is a good indicator of how much I need to centre myself. Yeah. So, um, baking 
Yeah, just things like that. But you know, I think it just all boils down to you have no choice. You just have to come with it, you know. Um, don't feel sorry for yourself, you know. See the funny side of things. Um, yeah, look, I, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah. if I get bent, bent out of shape and I'm like, um, oh, God, I wish I wasn't in this situation or whatever, Um I have to think about all the things that I'm grateful for. So like, yeah, I, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I would class in my blueprint of how I thought my world was going to end up at the age I'm at, that this was going to be what would be my world, but it is. However, I have a job. I have my son. I have a roof over my head. I'm living in Australia, which is awesome. If you saw the COVID figures and all of that stuff regarding the UK, you know, I've got a beach three Ks away. Um, I can do, you know, um, I can do what I want within reason if it's not a lockdown. Sorry, Brisbane, Queensland, New South Wales and all of those places are in lockdown at the moment. But like, you know, um, yeah, so that's what I try and do is I try and go, okay, what what can I, you know, okay, the situation is rubbish or whatever. I haven't got money to spend on X, but um but I have got money to buy food, so tick. I am not leaving my door and getting shot at because I'm in a war zone or whatever. So, yeah, no, I know, I know. It's, yeah, it's just crazy. But here we go. This is what single parenting is all about. Think It's all about thinking about the different tactics to try and get you through because it's bloody hard. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. And, and, you know, and everyone – has different situations and scenarios, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to do it on our own and get through and have sane kids at the end of it. So, you know. Um, so, okay, so what has been your biggest challenge over the last, like, seven years of, of doing the single mumdom sort of thing? Oh, um, loneliness. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and not loneliness, like I've, I've got friends, I've got family, um, and there's people around me all day, every yeah. day, you know, too many, you know, like it, it's not that. It's, um, you know, it's the loneliness of like at the end of the day. Yeah. You, you, you're on the couch by yourself. There's no one to hold your hand on the couch by yourself, you know. Um, the loneliness of going to bed each night by yourself. And um, it's, it's the loneliness of not having, you know, like when something comes up, a decision, something with your child, or you've got to talk about it. I mean, friends are there, family are there to talk about yeah. it with you, help, all that sort of thing. But it's not the same as having someone riding shotgun with you, you know, to equal responsibility and equal weight yeah. for, for stuff, for decisions and that. That's the loneliness. It's, it's knowing that it's just you, babe. Yeah. It's just you. You know, you've got friends and family, but when it comes right. Yeah, nobody there to support you. Yeah, no support. Nobody's got your back as such. You've got to have your own back. Look, to tell you the truth, like there are times where I sit there and go, yeah, this is, I'm so glad and grateful that it's just me and my son. Um, but I, I do get you. You know, there are other times where I go, yeah, it would be good to like, you know, if he's done well at school and you want to go, hey, guess what, you know. Cause it, <laughs> because it's like. A lot of people think, like, you know, single parents, the hardest thing is the physical stuff, you know, like you don't have someone to help you with the, taking the garbage out, doing the lawn yeah, and all that no. sort of physical stuff. It's not that. It's the emotional feeling that, it's that feeling that you're the only one responsible. I mean, 
My son's father does get yeah. involved and I can ring him and yeah. it's not the same as having him there and experiencing it with you. If there's an issue. Well, they're not there on the night where the, you know, like with me, um, it was quite funny because my son, um, my son's dad was over on Friday night to pick him up and he was, we were all going to Auskick together. And basically my son is a nightmare for if he's in front of the TV, watching the TV. And um, I said, come on, we need to go. We need to go. And my son was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And my ex just turned around and went, come on, your mother said we need to go. And he went, okay, dad, got up and went. And I'm like, <laughs> I just sat there and went, okay, why can you do it for your dad and not me? But like, it's, you know, it, but it's what they do because they live with you all the time. So they're just a little bit like, yeah, 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 I'll just push it. I know, you know, push the buttons. And But I get, look, there are times where I go, oh, God, I wish I just had somebody to just back me mm. up. I mean, don't get me wrong, the practical stuff would come in handy too. Do you know what I live in fear of these? Well, okay, not fear, but dread. I live in dread yeah. when a light bulb goes. I kid you not. It's like, no, nah, it's like another thing to add to the list. Like there's already so much to do that you've got to do by yourself and then the light bulb in the, I've only got two down lights in the kitchen, so if one goes, I'm in the dark, you know, and it's like, oh. Okay, fine. And it's like, that's me. That'd be me. Changing the light bulb. And they're really yeah. just change. And it's like, you're going to schlep the ladder out of the garage, get it in, get up on the, I don't like being up on the ladder. And then you can't, the bloody thing's out. There'd be glass and all the bugs fall out. And it's like, just, I would just love, there'd be just, wouldn't you love someone to just change a light yeah. bulb? Yeah. Well, I can do that. And like you said, you can do it as well. But it's, yeah. I mean, I'm hungry. Hard- yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know how to change a light bulb. I know how to use a wooden yeah. sander. Oh, no, no, yeah. but it, yeah. But wouldn't it be good just to and trust? Me, I well, I've got, I've got trees. I've got trees in my back garden that I need to dig out. But the the thing I find a challenge is like if you, it's like undoing a jar. Sounds really stupid, but undoing a jar. And if you're in, like, you know, if it's a really tight jar or it's a tight screw in the wall or whatever, or you know, you need to get something out and you know, I'm fairly strong. I can still pick my son up at the moment, which is insane. But it's just, you know, you need that extra like leverage or strength or whatever just to, and, and sometimes there's stuff I've done and I've gone, oh, sod it, I'm leaving it. And so I've got a screw that's halfway sticking out or whatever because I can't blimmin' do it. But yeah, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. So, okay then. So like what's been your greatest moment? So what, when, looking back, what and there may be many there might have been many but what do you look back on and go um yeah proud of that well I don't know like specifically related to being a single mum no it doesn't have to be but greatest moment I swear it's having my son I grew a person like no shit but how amazing is that like scientifically I like a bit of science I grew a whole person I just and I didn't think I would. I'd given up. You know, he was my last good egg. I was 42 when I had him. Yeah, yeah, um, Seriously, my last good egg. And I, I thought, no, it's not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I grew a person. So having him, I just, I can't believe. I, I, best thing I've ever baked, you know. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I, I have to agree as well with you there because it it, like I was 44 when I had mine so um yeah that was definitely my last good egg I tell you that for nothing but um yeah no and um 
Yeah, it's insane. Like you say, you grew a person. I know. And he, um, it's quite, it's it's a funny story with him actually because he, I I wanted to, because I knew this was it, this is my last chance, my only chance, last good egg, I'm going to embrace this whole birthing experience, I'm going to do it the natural way, (laughs) you know, I had like my, yeah, yeah, you can laugh. I had my, I had my I did the same. And that, that ball thing that you meant to roll around, I don't even know what that was for. Anyhow, so didn't even read the chapter on caesarean because I was going to embrace the agony of childbirth, you know. Yeah, me too. And it was my one and only chance, you know. So now two weeks before he's due, I'm in there getting my ultrasound and the nice little midwife there is just scanning around and just looking a bit worried. I said, you're right there, love. You know, she said, mm, I can't find his head. And I was like the size of a house, right? And I said, honey, it's in there somewhere. Keep looking. Yeah. You know, she thinks, then she goes out and gets some assistance, comes back. My son's turned sideways. So instead of facing south, he's trying to get out a kidney, you know. Oh, my and God. They, yeah, so they said, look, we'll give it two weeks and see if he turns naturally. Yeah. And um, he didn't, you know, two weeks later, he's still facing the wrong way, bless him. Um, and then, so they said, you're going to have to have a cesarean. And I said, I haven't read that chapter. That's not going to happen. I don't, I'm not prepared, you know. Um, so I'm having a panic attack. And they said, no, 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 it has to be that. I was like, okay, so I freaked out because I thought I don't want an operation. This is no, freaking me, me out. too. Where's the whole experience? You know, I'm, I'm being cheated. I'm being cheated. Yeah. So um, a week before this cesarean's booked, I start to get what I now know is contractions. Like, ah. hello, those frickers hurt. I can tell you now. They, I, had, I had like one and it's like, are you kidding me? Okay. And then another one, and it's like, okay, the novelty's wearing off here. These yeah. are bad, so yeah. off we go to the hospital. And, like, I swear I've had maybe four or five contractions. That's it, four or five contractions. I'm sitting there, like, in my moo-moo um, while they're waiting to get the, yeah. the guy, the surgeon guy, um, doctor, whatever he is. Yeah. And I'm in agony. And so I said to the midwife, you know, because I, I knew, okay, there's stages of labour. Yeah. And so I said to her, like, what? Um, stage would I be in at the moment? You know, I'm just these things were killing me. It's like yeah. these really hurt. Yeah. Was, what stage am I? She said, "Honey, you're not even in a stage yet." And I went, "Oh, really?" You know, so I haven't even started. And I said, "Can I have like a Panadol or something or a heat pack?" And she said, "Look, 20 minutes. You're going to be numb from the neck down. Just yeah. deal with it." But kudos to all those women oh. who get their children out by that natural passage because yeah. there's no way. And I, I owned it. I went after the birth. You know, the cesarean added comes. I went back to everyone and said, no, I was wrong. Uh, See, I got induced. So I was induced and I went from zero to 100 pain levels. um, And I did that for a whole day. um, And I moved about 0.2 of a centimetre. So I was the same as you. I didn't really, like, I thought uh, it was, I wasn't even in labour. I didn't even really get into labour. But they induced me to try and get him out because my waters had broken and all of this malarkey. Um, And in the end, they went, look, he really needs to come out. Um, your waters are broken. It's all good, but he ain't really moved. And you're not moving much either. So I think we need to, you know, cut him out as such. So um, I was like you. I was like, this is my only chance, right? And also all the advantages of him going through the birth canal regarding biome and all of that fluff and, you know, all of that stuff. And I went, no, I don't want him pulled out the other way because he doesn't get any of that. And, um yeah, and in the end, he had to, it's, and his head was stuck. So, like, he'd been trying to get out, and his, they pulled him out, and he was like a massive pop as they pulled his head out. And yeah, no. So, but look, at the end of the day, I was gutted. 
but I have a perfectly normal healthy kid who like is just like my world and although he didn't come out of it in the same way um that I would want him to um he's here he's here he's fine and happy days and yeah I have to <laughs> I, they put me under well they you know they numb me from the waist and I was so knackered that um I just fell straight asleep and my ex um smoked and he'd I'd said to him I'd threatened him I'd held his hand and I threatened him I said you go out for a cigarette while I'm in this pain and you can just forget about your son and me and like you know I was like you know you know how you do that crazy like pregnant woman having a giving birth stuff and so he was terrified to go out for a cigarette and he was gasping because he didn't have one all day um and then they knocked they gave me the um stuff at like six o'clock at night or whatever and he went uh will she be all right and they went yeah you're all right and he said she'd be out for a couple of hours so um because I just fell asleep and um yeah so he nipped out had a cigarette and then came back (laughs) but yeah no god I didn't know anything but there's nothing you know glorious or romantic or wonderful about birth it 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 couldn't kill you it's so painful so yeah four or five conditions and they weren't even proper ones and it's like yeah uh, kudos yeah Yeah, I don't know how people can do it greatest thing is like I grew him and I got him out and he's just brilliant just, yeah they are aren't they and they come out with the most random of stuff as well it's just yeah it's just yep. stuff that they are just little you know I mean you think oh, they're children and you have an influence over them and stuff like that and you do to a certain extent in setting boundaries but um they're just their own little personalities and they just do and they give you it's such perspective when they come up with that random stuff too like my son is is I think maybe being on the spectrum is a little more random than others, but he can come up with some really amazing things and it, it catches you. Sometimes you just go, oh, yeah. God, you know, perspective, you're right. And it just, yeah, very insightful, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So, okay. So, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, like like I said, you, you're so positive when I see you and stuff, but like, has, has, have you had any anyone anything that's really influenced you throughout your life as such that you like makes you who you are as such and it could be what you've read um or it could be a person in your life that like you just think oh yeah I mean I've had several people in my life that you know when things get tough I think oh what would such and such have done or you know yeah, there's just an ethos that they have. But I don't know. What what influences you? What's what's like your biggest influence to push you forward? It'd be my nana. <clears throat> Sorry, my nana. Yeah. And and maybe papa or like just maybe the relationship that they had. Um Yeah. Nana was just like, you know, all I've ever wanted to be, and, and judge me for this, people if you want, is a good housewife and mother you know I'm old yeah I'm old school and you know Nana just be the most wonderful you know homemaker um Papa respected her additional roles which I'm I'm a fan of you know traditional roles yeah um but there was respect there yes she ran the house and was the housewife but he respected that and he they still held hands they would walk down the street holding hands Mm. loved her dearly she was a tough old thing though um you know like Papa went to war. She was at home 
had to take yeah. a young child, had to take a border in, um, had to fend for herself basically. Um, and she'd been through lots of tough stuff, you know, um, no money and all sorts of things. And she was just, yeah, I don't know. She, it, she was always tough and she just pulled on a big girl undies and got on with it. Maybe that's where I got yeah. from, you know, just pull on those big yeah. girls and get on with it, Deirdre. Um, but, yeah, I think. Do you think. Do you think in this day and age, though, um, with everything going on, that we can actually have, we can do that, though, and have that situation? Well, that's why, that's where I think everything's gone a bit wrong, to be honest. Um, yeah. Society, the, what's happened is society's got bigger than it can handle. Um, you can't actually have a family where the one of the one of the people let's not get sexist one of the people goes out to work, the other one stays home and looks after the child which I think is best for a family unit someone is a homemaker don't underestimate the home don't underestimate the value of a homemaker because that's what community that's what keeps us together family yeah. home don't underestimate it whether it's the male or the female doesn't matter but society the way it is now we just can't do that society's got so big and so everyone wants everything you, you can't have a one-income family you know, because no. everything costs so much and you have to have a house and it doesn't matter where you want to live, houses cost something that needs two oh. incomes, you know. Well, you're, you're, either, you're either buying and that costs that you've know, got two incomes and the houses are so expensive or you're renting and the rents are so expensive that, you know, it's crazy and a third of your money's going on rent or whatever it is, you know, depending on where you live. Um, I'm talking about probably about Melbourne to a certain extent, but like, yeah. It's just, um, and and I, just think it's and I have to agree with you, like underestimating, I mean, it's blimmin' hard work staying at home and looking after the kids and the house and, uh, you know, it's not an easy, like it's definitely not an easy job and I did it for like, well, I did it for six months of my son's life and then I had to go out to work. But, yeah, it's hard. So. Yeah, and I just yeah. think it's just. No, whether you're a man or a woman. It's to our detriment as a society, I really think that because. You know, you've got families where both parents are working and a lot of the time they don't want to do that. They you know, they don't want to have to be both working. But like I said, the way the world is now, you, you can't afford not to or it's a struggle if you try yeah. not to. Um, and yeah. And then I suppose we're... Well, I was going to say you've got the traditional on. roles issue where I don't have a problem with them as long as there's respect, you know, Um but, yeah, traditional roles I've got a problem with. But, the, you know, you get some people saying, oh, no, equal rights. And, and, yes, I'm all for equal rights and yeah. all of that. But that doesn't mean you can't have traditional roles. It just means you have to have respect within those. Yeah. But I think it's respect internal into that in that family unit, but also respect externally and respecting the choices that people have made. Because, uh, you know, if you want to be a stay at home dad, well, it's respecting that choice yeah. um, and saying, you know, you want to be a stay at home dad. You want to experience um, what maybe your dad didn't experience because he was out to work or whatever. Um, and it's respecting people's choices, but also having the choice because, like, I don't have a choice. I'm, you don't have a choice as such well, of, to um, stay at home. A lot of people don't have the choice. Like I said, even, you know, um, families where the parents are together and they well, yeah. to work, they don't have a choice. They have to both work. Um yeah, a lot of people don't have the choice. Like I said, yeah. all we're pear-shaped when we climb down out of trees. Well, that's true, actually. Maybe we should have stayed up there and just done the hunter-gathering, foraging stuff. 
That Spread would have been simple life. then. Oh, wouldn't it? I love, I would love oh. life. No bacon now because there wouldn't have been no ovens then. I'd find a way. <laughs> I'm resourceful. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> you'd be baking in you'd be baking on some pot on a fire wouldn't you and they'd be bringing out these fantastic cakes out of these or you'll be making sourdough all day oh yeah. god love you <laughs> <laughs> no oh look that's great that's awesome so look um lastly and i'll ask this to all my um interviewees um for want of a better word if you had a superpower what would it be now, I've had quite a few of these, so. All right, superpower, superpower. Um, okay, not so much a superpower. Okay. Not so much a superpower, but, okay, so here we go back to the whole old school thing. You know that she's bewitched, Samantha Stevens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, twitchy, twitchy. I want to be a witch. Yeah. A good witch, but I would want to be a witch. Yeah. How good would that be? You could, like, twitch, the light bulbs are changed. Twitch, the dishes are done. Twitch. Oh. oh, yeah, because the list of things to do as a single parent is so yeah. freaking big and long and overwhelming. Um, yeah. Just to be able to tick a few off. Oh, so, yeah, I want to be Samantha Seems. Okay, Darren. You, you want to be a witch. Not a bit of a twat. Okay, so granted, yeah. Um, but not but, with a cauldron. You don't want a cauldron. You need an oven for baking. But like, not with a cauldron. You just want a like magic wand, like Harry Potter, oh, to yeah. like, yeah, to go right. Do that. Change the light bulb. Cut the grass. Yeah. And I promise, I would only use my powers for good, not evil. Yeah. No. That. Well, that's fair well, enough. I, don't know. I mean, that's sort of subjective, but you know. I could twitch myself. Well, up. That's... I, could, I tell you what, I'd twitch myself up a nice light bulb changer. That's for sure. Well, that's fair. Yeah, oh, can you twitch me up the lotto, lotto winnings? Because that would be good. Yeah, no. I don't I'm... even want much. Like just half a mil would be good. I've got dibs on Powerball. Oh, okay. Well, if I win it, then I'll land you some over. And if you win it, just give me half a mil. That's all I want. What is it, like 60 million this week? You share them. <laughs> I Win it, or is it just like a no? Fake news I, thing? No, it's like real, but like to win Powerball is apparently supposed to be pretty hard, like harder than the other ones. Mm. Apparently, somebody was telling me uh. the other day. I know, I know. Look, thank you for coming on board. I know you were a bit nervous about coming and talking to me and I like grabbed you at footy and said, oh, sorry, soccer, I'm in the wrong country, but at soccer and said, hey, you're a single mum and this is what I'm doing and I think you would be awesome on here. So look, thank you for coming on. It's been great actually talking to you and, and learning and listening about everything that you've done because you know that everyone you know all us single parents are going through similar sort of stuff and that's one of the reasons I started this was to get people like yourself on who have been doing this for like seven ten years you know five years whatever and just to say yeah it's pretty shitty at times but you know this is how we this is how I've got through it and I'm still going and I'm still saying and my kid's great and you know all of that sort of thing to just sort of say to people yeah it might be a bit dark and a bit rubbish at times but don't worry you can get we we're all going through it together yes pull on your big girl undies and get on with it that's right big girl undies people go to target 10 bucks (laughs) i I actually suspect that might be why i'm still single but never mind well no i'm just single because i choose to be 
it's all good. <laughs> I don't think I can deal with the dating apps, and that's a whole different story. And oh, yeah, um, yeah, no, oh my god, they do my head in. But that's another podcast episode. Later on, I'm going to do a group talk about dating apps and whether they're good for us or not, because I don't think they're good for us. I think we're getting into a very commoditized dating situation. Swipe left and swipe right. It's like buying from a shop. So, um, yeah, nah. Um, be interesting to see what people say. So there we go. Advert for everyone. If you want to come on board and talk about the dating apps that are out there whether you've had fun whether you've not had fun whether you just think it's rubbish and you're off them now let me know write in and let me know it'll be all good okay look i'm gonna stop there we could talk forever mate um thank you for coming on board again um and i'll see you at soccer um in a couple of weeks because we're at school holidays at the moment yeah and um england to win the euro 2021 okay <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.